Good morning, everyone. Let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you here, Father. We pray that only your name will be glorified through this time. Uh, we do ask you to help us by Holy Spirit so that we can understand the scriptures we are going to look at. So that we, come, that we can become the people that you want us to become, the holy and godly. Because you commanded us to become such people. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, could I have my slide? Okay. This is a very interesting picture. Uh, I'm sure there are some, some of you who are bird lovers. Uh, let me give you a hint. Uh, they are supposed to be family. One is father, and the other one is baby. But I'm sure you're thinking that the bigger one is father, and smaller one is baby. If that's the case, I wouldn't even be showing you this. Actually, the bigger one is baby, and smaller one is father. Uh, it's not supposed to be that way, exactly. This picture will help us to understand part of the scripture this morning, but we'll be talking about this later. Here is a, the picture of the same two birds to show you that it was not a photographic illusion. They're standing on the same branch. One of the a big one is baby, and smaller one is father. So what does two birds got to do with today's topic? Always my answer is, a lot, and I, I'll explain to you later. I guarantee that. So today's topic is actually the parable of the wedding banquet. This is one of the many the parables Jesus told us, and uh, today's uh, subtitle is Invitation from God, because this parable is about invitation. So the big question is, have you received this invitation that we're going to be talking about today? And if you did, have you answered that invitation? Because in this parable that we're going to be looking at today, there was a man who thought he received the invitation and who thought he answered to that invitation, but later he discovered that he did not. Were the place where he discovered that he did not answer to that invitation properly was in heaven. If it's here, it's a different story. Because if you did not answer, you still have a time to respond back, uh, not by email, not by texting, but another way. But unfortunately, by the time when he discovered that he did not respond back to the invitation properly, it was too late. He was kicked out of heaven. 
We don't want that to happen, happen to us. I think that may be the reason why Jesus told this story. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So Jesus told us many parables, over 35 of them. And the last 10 weeks, we've been looking at 10 different parables. And today, we're going to look at number 11 on that list. Uh, we, there are two more that we plan to look at. So by the time we're done, in the next two weeks, we'll have looked at total 13. But there are more than 13. There are about 32, 35. Some claim there are as many as 58. So parables, if you put under the different topics, because he talked about many different things, it falls into 11 different topics. And so these are the topics that Jesus thought was very important to us. So that's why he told so many of them. Uh, let's look at the 11 briefly. Here is the first five. So he talked about the kingdom, and that's the one that he talked the most. He actually talked about it nine times. Then he talked about forgiveness a few times, and he also talked about the love and the Jews, and he also talked about the praying. Let's look at the rest of the list. And you can take a look at this later because this will be on the website. Uh, look at number eight. He talked about imitation of God twice. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. He talked about imitation to heaven uh, in Matthew 22 and also Luke 14. We're going to be looking at one in Matthew 22. It is the same story, but a little bit longer. It's a little more complete. So that's the one we're going to be looking at today. The Matthew 22, uh, verse 1 to 14, is a very interesting parable because this is the only parable that actually Jesus tells, and it sounds like really good summary of the whole Bible. Yes, this Bible. If you read that the 14th verse very slowly, if you understand the meaning, he's actually talking about this whole thing. Yes. And I'll show you what I mean. So he talks about God's original plan in the short parable about his invitation. He also talks about sad history of his first attempt to invite people, and he tells us what happened. I'll explain this more later. He also talks about his new plan, because first invitation didn't work out that well, so he actually invited one more time, and this time it included us, because first time he invited Jew, Jewish people. And then lastly, the last part of this parable, he actually talks about a little bit about the future. He picks into the future about heaven. Well, we're going to look at this in a few minutes, so follow through and you'll find out what I mean. So let me show you what I mean by this parable. It actually is a good summary of this whole Bible. Let me take a few minutes. So Bible is, has 66 books, and it is divided into Old Testament, New Testament. And if someone asks, so tell me about the Bible in short uh, summary, 
you could say it's made of four different parts. First part is creation. God created the world. And second is fall. That is when his creation became broken by Adam and Eve by eating that apple. That's a very short chapter. Within a few pages, all this happens. And the rest of them is number three, restoration. Our praise team this morning sang, bring the restoration. Well, we're still in that period. It has been going on for four, five, six thousand years. We're still in the restoration. And of course, uh, I don't know how long it's going to continue more. Only God knows, because even the Jesus, his son, doesn't know about this. And then last part is four, the return of Jesus. So Bible is four part. Creation, fall, restoration, and return of Jesus. So all that is in a way, all that is here, and all that is summarizing that 14 verse scripture, which we call read this morning. And let me explain. So I said it's a good summary. Uh, let me make a room so we can put more things on the side. So let me point out what are the parts in this parable. And uh, you can write this answer to your outline. Okay, so first one. This parable starts talking about king. There was a king. He also has a son. And he's about to give wedding banquet. So the king is our father, God, and son is Jesus in verse 2. And there is a wedding. Well, this wedding actually is our wedding. Even though he talks about this as if it belonged to someone else, this actually wedding banquet is for you and me. Of course, he used the word wedding as a metaphor but we don't know exactly what it is. Only thing I know for sure is it's a big banquet. It's going to be celebration. It's going to be party when we get there. So he's talking about our wedding. Yes, man, I know you're married already, but you're going to have another wedding. So that is recorded in this parable. Back, back then, there was no uh, the tweet and there was no Instagram, and there was no Facebook. So only way you can invite people back then was send your servant out. That's what he did, uh, verse 3. He sent out the invitation to people, calling them for this banquet, but they refused. He sent out again. They refused. Then he said, tell them I prepared my dinner. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. Of course, he, they refused again. But this time, they paid no attention, and they went, and they gave a very weak, uh, wimpy excuses. You can read the scripture for more information. Then they did something, something that really upset king. You know, saying, oh, I cannot come is one thing. But they did something that will upset king so much. In verse 6, they killed the servant king sent out to invite them. They didn't have to kill them. By the way, this actually happened, killing them. I'll tell you who that was. 
So then King got really upset, you know. Not coming to my bank is one thing, but why did they have to kill my servants? So he got really upset. So verse 7 said, he sent his army to destroy those killers and burn the city they're living in. This actually happened too. AD 70, that's uh, about 30, uh, 37 years after Jesus was crucified on the cross, he was already in heaven. This actually happened. So army that he was talking about was Roman army. And the city that was burned down is Jerusalem. Yes, yes, you're right, Pastor Ben. So AD 70, Roman destroyed Jerusalem. Here is Roman about to destroy the city. And then here is the painting of Jerusalem burning. If you look very carefully, you're going to see the actually temple is on the, in the middle. Is actually the temple. That's where King Solomon's temple used to be too. So it actually burned. And 1.1 million people died. And that included all those people we know, the Pharisees who refused invitation, Sadducees who refused invitation. Some did individually accept, but mostly they rejected. So because they rejected Jesus' invitation and killed his prophet, God did this. And that, that among the people who was killed was John the Baptist. I'm talking about when they killed his servant, well, one of the servants was John the Baptist, that is Jesus' cousin. And here's a picture of the Jerusalem now. If you go to Jerusalem, this is what you're going to see. Back then, when this was burned down, it still remained that way. It still remained there. This is evidence that actually happened. So, on your outline, number three, you can write down, first servant group that God has sent out is prophets. All those prophets, and many of them were killed. And the first group who received the first invitation but refused that invitation is nation of Israel. As I said, some individual did accept the invitation because all the early Christians were Jewish people. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Thomas, Luke, Matthew. All those people are Jewish and they did accept the invitation. It's just as a nation, they did not accept the invitation. So, King sent out second group, because first group, uh, no, we cannot come, so he decided to send out second group. And he did finally fill the banquet. So that's on verse 10. So who are these, the second group, servant God has sent out? Who are these people? They are the Jesus' disciples. Paul, Peter, Matthew, Luke, Philips, all those disciples that we know uh, are the second servant he's referring to in, in this story. And the guests, who are the guests who came to the banquet? Well, they are Gentile, that include us. Because first group refused, when he invited the second group, 
that include us. So that's why we're sitting here in this here. So that's us. So you can write on the outline the verse uh, the number four. Second group of people who a second servant who went out to deliver the second invitation is apostles, disciples, and us, and us, because we also share good news. So it includes us. So from verse 11, if you look at the uh, Bible, so verse 11, actually, this is where Jesus starts talk about the future. He, he talks about future and heaven. Uh, let's take a look. There was a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. He got to the banquet. But this banquet is in heaven. He got to the banquet. He's walking around. The king saw that, hey, you don't have the proper clothes. How come you're here? The guy couldn't answer. And this is actually our focus today. Who is this guy? And we're going to spend the time on this person. Because that, this person represents many, many, many million people on earth. So who is this person? We're going to talk about it. So apparently, he think he was invited to that wedding. So he was there. But he discovered that he was not invited properly because he did not respond to that invitation. That's why he wasn't wearing the clothes. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. So, what did the king do? Throw him into the darkness. Darkness referred to hell. So, can you imagine if I go to heaven? Uh, let's not use me because this is spooky. <laughs> can you imagine there's someone who's been going to the church, went to heaven, and he was sure that, you know, I belong here because I've been going to church. And then he finds out that, oh, no, 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 he doesn't belong there. So the king comes and time up, whoosh, throw him out and send him to hell. That's exactly what's happening here. So let's see. So what is this wedding clothes? It must be very important because without that, he's thrown out. He was kicked out. If we don't have this wedding clothes, we could be thrown out of heaven too. And that's what the parable is saying. So this is a picture, a painting by someone. I don't know who that is. Servants are taking him out of the wedding banquet. Can you imagine if that happened to be you? The important thing is not that you are being kicked out. But by the time when you realize that you're not invited in heaven, it's too late. Because uh, as soon as they discover that you don't have the proper invitation, the next place is hell. Okay, let's say you happen to find out that you don't have the proper invitation here on earth. Well, you can go to church, you can go through the process of accepting Jesus, you have time. But if you discover that you don't have the invitation in heaven, too late. So the wedding clothes that we've been talking about 
is righteousness of Jesus. Righteousness of Jesus. We don't have right or we don't have the power to put it on. The Jesus has to put it on us. So in order to belong in that wedding banquet or heaven, we got to be, every one of us has to be wearing this clothes, wedding clothes, the righteousness of Jesus that Jesus is putting on us. So John 3.16 explained to us the only way we can have that righteousness of Jesus is by believing in Jesus, that he died for us. Believing in that he died for us on the cross and he was resurrected on third day. By believing that, then we can put that coat on. And that's called a divine exchange. We don't deserve it, but he gave that to us based on our belief. So another way of saying the wedding clothes is salvation. So that gentleman who was kicked out did not have salvation, did not have righteousness of Jesus close. So on your outline, on the five, a man not wearing wedding clothes was unbeliever. Number six, the wedding clothes is righteousness of Jesus or salvation. By the way, all this will be on the website within a week, and you can go and take a look at it. So, as I said in the beginning, this short parable is actually the summary of the Bible. Well, let me show you what I mean. So, number two and two, two and three is actually a story from Old Testament. And number four is about story from New Testament. And number five and six is about the future that God is talking about, which is recorded in, mostly in Revelation and Isaiah. So, it covered the Old Testament, New Testament, and future. So it's a good summary of Bible. That's what I mean. Okay, so that so that man who was kicked out of the heaven, he's a more than likely church-going person. How do we know this? Because he thought he belonged there. He thought he had the right to be there, but he didn't. So let's find out what it is. Why did he not have the proper wedding clothes or righteousness of Jesus or salvation? That is a good question, isn't it? Okay, now, the moment you've been waiting. The answer to that question question is now time to talk about two birds we saw in the beginning. And uh, before I do that, uh, let me just, okay. So let's look at that picture. The story I'm going to tell you will make you upset a little bit. Don't be upset too much. But this is actually what's going on outside in the natural world. And I think God gave this as an example for us to look at it so that we can reflect on this. And so we don't make a mistake like that man who was without salvation in heaven. It's mainly about deception. Uh, This story will remind you of deception 
that is happening in our lives around us every day. It's happening not only with the bird, but actually happening with us too. Well, that's why that man went all the way to heaven but didn't have the proper clothes because he was living under the deception, even though he was attending church building. I should emphasize, he was attending church building, not the church. So, we can learn from this the real deception that we should be upset with, deception by Satan right now. Okay. You see this bird, they're not the same species. They think they are. Small one, I told you, is a father. The bigger one is baby. Okay, the small one is a species called the yellow throat. It's about two and a half inch long, very small bird. It's found in the United States. The, the other one is called a cow bird. You know, it's a bird that you see on top of the cows all the time. Okay, that's the bird. This is the baby. So from the species standpoint, they are small bird and big bird. They don't belong to each other. But the problem is, the father bird thinks he's a biological father. And I'll tell you how this happened. And that's the problem. We could be living, in, living under such deception too. This father is dedicated to raise this young baby cowbird, even though he's not really biologically responsible. Cowbird is, is, belongs to the group called a brood parasite. That means cowbird mother, they don't raise their young. They just lay the egg, then go to cow, and then play around there. Never have time to care for their babies. So this is the nest. Someone took a time to take a picture of this. So, Originally, there was the same four eggs in this nest. All belonged to um, uh, yellow throat, small bird. Cowbird mother came and picked one of the eggs, dropped out of the tree, and then she laid her egg, one. You see, the, if you look very closely, the cowbird egg is slightly bigger. You know, obviously different colors. Cowbird hatches three or four days quicker than most of other birds. So by the time when smaller species hatched, cowbird is about four to five times bigger than the other three. And then this is what happens. Smaller bird gets squeezed in the nest and they die. This is actually happening. And they die very slowly. So, somehow, the mom and father, daddy bird does not know that this baby cowboy is responsible for killing their baby slowly. This picture shows that the father bird is feeding the cowbird. He still doesn't know that this doesn't belong. And he's not going to find out all his life that he was doing this, for, forgive me for my language, stupid behavior. 
killing babies slowly. Number one, by squeezing in the nest. So baby bird, the other baby bird don't have the oxygen, oxygen deprivation. Two, by taking more food from the, the other baby birds. Because uh, there is a survival instinct among the birds, so the mother bird keeps feeding the big one. And then slowly the other three dies. And then there is a pretending. Well, actually, I don't think the baby cowbird knows about this. Uh, this is a deception that the, the ba uh, father bird or mother bird, they don't realize that there's a deception going on. And number four, at the end, there's nothing. There's nothing. Because all three baby birds die, and the cowbird survive, but the cowbird doesn't belong to yellow throat, father and mother. Doesn't this remind you of a man without wedding clothes? Let me explain a little bit more. So, what do I mean by that? The man who was kicked out of the banquet in heaven is like a mother and father bird who have nothing left at the end because they were deceived. You see, that man is church goer. He was so sure that he belonged to the wedding banquet. That's why he was there. Let's see what went wrong. Uh, I'll show you this chart for a few minutes. Everyone who is sitting here and the people outside belong to these three groups, A, B, C. Uh, I'll explain what that means. So we have 7.5 billion people on Earth as of today. And then 5.3 billion people say, I don't belong to Christianity. So they are outside. And 2.2 billion people say, oh, I am part of the Christianity. That means uh, they go to church sometimes. The man without clothes in heaven belong to that group, B. In order to have that clothes, the salvation, righteousness of Jesus, you got to belong to C. You have to be part of the body of Christ. We don't know how many people belong there. I know I do. Only God knows and I know. But there is no statistic. People can make an assumption, but there is no accurate number. All I know is this. If you are not part of C, you wouldn't be kicked out. If you are part of A, you don't even have to worry about it because you are guaranteed you're not even going to be there because you're not going to be kicked out because you're not there. Okay, the problem is with B. If you've been coming to church, hmm, you could be C, but you could be just church going A. And let me explain further using me as example. Okay, a little later. So the man without the wedding clothes was in B, even though he thought he was in C. Not everyone who come into church building is in C. Because a man without clothes was the case. So let me show you what I mean by using my example. So this is me. This is my whole life. So between age of one and eight, I was A, very happy A. Never even thought about going to church because my family was Buddhist. 
uh, you know, the, the, nothing bothered me. When I was 9 and 10, I occasionally went to church building, especially around Christmas, to receive candies and cookies, literally. Uh, that only happened two years. So I belonged to B temporarily. But when I was between the age of 11 and 15, I came back to A because I was too old to be in the church waiting for the candy and cookies. So I was away from church. So I was bouncing. That's why I call B bouncing. You can bounce between A and B. And when I was 16 and 17, I was in church. I was in the United States, and I actually went to church regularly. By the way, that's when I met Pastor Tim, a young college student, uh, briefly. But that's only two years. Then between age of 18 to 26, I went back to A, because I was busy with the college and the homework. So I went back. You see, I already flipped one, two, three, four times. So if you're part of B, that could be happening. This also explains how the, uh, the so-called Christian who come to church on Sunday, but during the week, they're actually A. They're only B on Sunday. But you see, during that uh, 26 years, I never went to C. Okay, that's my case. Because some people do receive Jesus earlier. Okay, now, I met Susan, my wife, when I was 27, February 1987. She was a Christian who go to church regularly. So I went to church. So I went back to B. Then, when I was 27, August that year, I finally received Christ. After that, of course, there is no going back. Once you are C, you don't go back to B or A. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And make sure that I don't stray anymore. Okay, that is my example. But that also is an example for millions and millions. Because that man without clothes in heaven was B. He never got to C. So, who is responsible? Our thought that lead to life, salvation, heaven. Well, you can write on the number seven on your outline, Jesus and then Holy Spirit. So, who is responsible for our thought that lead to death, which is what happened to the gentleman without clothes in heaven? Well, it's a Satan and devil. As I showed you the example of the bird, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're filled with evil spirit. It's interesting that our minds are made such a way that either you have Jesus and Holy Spirit or evil spirit. So even Christians who have accepted Jesus, even with the presence of Holy Spirit inside, we could have always something called a temptation on the side. We're always struggling with the Holy Spirit temptation. But at least we go to heaven. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're filled with evil spirit all the time. And that's called deception. Because uh, you could be going to church without accepting Jesus, and uh, you, are, you, are, you think that you're okay, but that's a deception. 
that Satan has planted in you. And you could be living like the whole life. And then you find out that you don't have the salvation when you go to heaven. That's sad, because that's too late. So we don't want to become like that man. So what makes people reject the invitation? Number nine, it's an evil spirit, deception. That man was, had an evil spirit, and he had a deception by the, uh, the Satan. Things that occupy our mind, deception. Only Holy Spirit can guard your mind from deception. deception. So the proverb says, uh, I forgot to put the verse, I'm sorry. I'll put that up on the PowerPoint on the website. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. If you don't guard with uh, Jesus and Holy Spirit, well, your evil spirit will dominate your mind, and you could be ending up like that man. Here is a very sad statistic that I have to share, and you might be upset, but it'll be good upset. Uh, 1.1 million people in the United States last year attempted to kill themselves, and 43,000 succeeded in their attempt. So they, they are the ones who killed. One thing I want to say is that, uh, you know, the, the person, let's say, who jumped off the bridge, they were not pushed by the Satan. One thing God did not give to Satan and devil is physical power to kill us. If God did, we'd all be dead by now. But God took that power away from Satan. So God cannot push someone off the bridge. But one thing Satan and devil can do is put evil spirit in, their mind, in people's mind. And the, so the people execute their temptation on their own. But if you have the Holy Spirit guarding your mind, Satan cannot put that thought in you. Even if they do, Holy Spirit will guard it for you. So remember, God is omniscient, omnipotent. He has everything, but Satan doesn't have power to push us. They only have power to tempt us, which is going on all the time. Just like deception we talk, I talked about, about the bird. So it's actually happening. So 43,000 people thought about the killing themselves was put in by the devil and Satan, which is the same thing. And then the other one who actually executed on their own. Do you remember the temptation of Jesus? Satan came and tempted Jesus. He said, go away, Satan. That's all we have to do. Because Satan doesn't have the power to push us over the bridge. So today, through this parable, Jesus is asking every one of us, which group do you belong? A, B, C. I know you are not A because you are here. But you are here, but you could be B and you could be C. But that's something you should think about. You don't want to end up like that man who was B all his life. And he was proud and confident that 
he had the invitation. He's asking you, do you have a wedding clothes? Do you have a wedding clothes? Which actually we're going to be attending later when we go to heaven. Do you have one? You see, you can not ask this question in heaven, as I said. It'll be too late. So, before it's too late, ask yourself. You should be asking that question right now because, as I said, you can do something about it now if you don't have that. You know whether you have it or not. Let's pray.